What's up, everybody? This is Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Endurance and Mastery. And today we're going to be talking about how to run 100 miles. So as many of you know, I am training for my first 100 mile ultra marathon on October 1st. So I've got less than two months. And so because of that, I reached out on Facebook groups to people who have completed this exact race before. And I asked them, what do you wish you knew before your first 100 mile ultra? Or what do you wish you knew before doing this race? And that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Now, if you are training for a 100 mile ultra or a 50 mile ultra or Everesting or some other big endurance challenge, some of the specific answers are going to be helpful for you. But even if you're not, if you're thinking, you know, if you can think about this as doing anything that requires endurance, doing something really big and scary, then I want you to think about that um, today. So first, I'm gonna roll the trailer and then we're gonna get into it. Do you wanna complete an endurance event and elevate all areas of your life, but you don't know where to start? Then you're in the right place. Talking Endurance and Mastery is a podcast to help you create a vision and take steps towards your goals and dreams. I'm your coach, Mario Minner. I've completed events like Ironmans and Ultramarathons, but I believe the true benefit from endurance events is how they help you become the best version of yourself. Join me as I share stories, lessons, and interview guests to help you apply endurance and mastery principles into every area of your life. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back. So like I mentioned in the intro, I'm less than two months out from the 100-mile ultra, which is my big misogi or my big endurance event for the year. And it was, I talked about this in one of the previous podcasts, how once I realized that I was less than two months out, it made me and kind of forced me to start to take action on some of those things that I had been thinking about, but I just knew I needed to get them done. So I went and I got my new trail shoes. I've been super consistent with my workouts. I ordered uh, some new nutrition and I started thinking about what exactly my nutrition plan is going to look like. But one of the main things that I've done anytime I'm going after any big goal is I think about who can help me reach this goal. So I think about who has already been successful in whatever I'm trying to do and how can I connect with them to learn from them and just kind of expedite my path to success. So I know a few people who have done 100 mile ultras before, but what I did is I went on uh, Facebook and I found a Facebook group for the Hennepin 100 uh, event. And there were over a thousand people in that Facebook group. And I asked them the question of what do you wish you knew before your first 100 mile ultra? And I got like 50 or 60 plus comments from people who have done that event before. And it was specific to, you know, my situation because I explained you know, this is going to be my first 100 mile ultra. I've done 50 Ks, I've done 50 milers, I've done Ironmans, I've done Everesting, I've done longer endurance and hiking events before, but I've never done this distance and I've never done this race. And 
there was just so many people that were willing to share their success, their failures, everything that they had learned um, and, and shared that with me. And I just feel so much more confident knowing that I have that information. So I did that as one thing. Another thing that I did is I joined, right? I have been a part of the trail and ultra running Facebook group um, previously, but I went in there and I asked the exact same question and I explained my situation. What do you wish you knew before your first 100 miler? And that Facebook group actually has almost 200,000 people in it. So there's 200,000 people, all of varying, you know, levels and, and ability, uh, et cetera. But I got over 200 comments on that post as well. And so I've got, you know, 250 plus different comments uh, to sort through. Some of it is just like super, you know, detailed, specific. Um, some of it is a little bit more high level. Some of it is about physical, mental, all those different things. But what I want to share with you now is just kind of like the five uh, takeaways that I had from that. And th these are five things that are going to help me run 100 miles. And so that's why it's how to run 100 miles. And it's really, this is advice from people who have done the Hennepin 100 and people who have done 100, 100 mile ultras in the past. So uh, one of the first things that a lot of people were talking about, and when I started seeing this advice, I knew this is a mistake that I've made in the past. And the first thing is do not come out too fast. So you need to start off at a slow pace. And uh, there were a lot of people who were suggesting some type of walk to run uh, slow pace ratio. And, you know, there was just so many people that said, slow down at the beginning and then slow down even more. And there were some people who provided, you know, uh, different um, measures or metrics for, hey, take your average pace, slow that down. 30 seconds, slow that down a minute. And they even, you know, kind of broke it down that way. Other people were just talking about like how important it is to come out of the gate slower than you think. Because if you've ever done an endurance event before, you know that before the event, there's tons of excitement, there's nerves, there's energy, the gun goes off and you're heading out there and you, you just you don't want to feed off of the energy too much. You know that you've got a long day ahead of you and a long event and it's important to slow down. And uh, there was another comment that somebody shared with me that I thought was just a good kind of perspective and a good way to frame the whole day. And that was don't focus on the finish time too much. Enjoy the day. Take what the day gives you and enjoy the experience. So that was just the first thing that I'm taking away from all of this, and that's don't come out too fast. And I think that that's just really good advice, you know, if you're doing a 100 mile ultra, or if you're trying to do any, you know, new habit or going after any new goal. A lot of times we get excited, we kind of try and rush and do five or 10 different things, and then we just get burnt out. Uh, and you, you, you end up not being consistent. So uh, that is the first piece of advice that I got from, from the group. The second thing is all around mental toughness. There were just so many different um, comments that I got from how to handle the ups and downs in a race that is, you know, 100 miles. And, you know, this could be as long as 30 hours 
um, for this event. And so I just want to read some of the comments that people uh, left with me. So it doesn't always keep getting worse. You likely have a low spot or two, but don't assume they'll last for the rest of the race. Things can turn right around and you can get a second or third or fourth or fifth wind. So that's one thing. Another person said, the biggest revelation in my first hundred was that unlike shorter races, things don't get progressively worse. You'll have peaks and valleys through the race. The last 10 to 15 miles may well be your fastest. Don't get discouraged if you have to walk for an hour at mile 62. You may well be running again soon. Just keep making forward progress. Sitting at an aid station is rarely helpful. You can recover while moving. So there were just so many people that were talking about these peaks and valleys that happen during a race. And I think, you know, it can come at any point in time. And I think the important thing that I'm taking away from this is that when I am in a valley, if that's in mile 15, 20, 50, 60, 70, 80 or higher, I'm just, I'm not going to assume that it's always going to be that way. And I think that was just such good advice for, for me as I'm going into that 100-mile race. And even for you as you're going after a big, long goal that requires endurance. Just because you are in a valley does not mean that you're going to be in that valley for the duration of the event or for the rest of your life, regardless of what your brain is trying to tell you. And in those moments when I'm in that valley, I'm just going to tell myself this is temporary. This is temporary. I know that I can recover from this. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to walk if I have to, um, but I'm going to keep moving forward. Um, there was one other comment that I wanted to share around kind of mental toughness and how to manage your energy. And this person said, um, biggest mental toughness note I learned in my first hundo, and it sounds harsh, is don't hang around people who are zombies or will drag you down. I ran into a runner at an aid station in 2019 who asked how I was doing. I said, living the dream with a smile. He replied, yeah, right. This sucks or something to that effect. I chugged a Mountain Dew, took no, no food and bolted. You run your race, let them run theirs. Try to pick people up when you can, but don't let their negativity drag you down. And I think that this is a really good reminder for me as well, that a big part of these events is the community. And when I do events like this, I try and you know be positive. I try and encourage other people. Um, but I think that there's also uh, an energy expenditure to doing that. And, you know, if you're going after any big goal in your life, you want to have people who energize you and build you up and not people who just suck, suck the life out of you. And so that is something to keep in mind during this race from a mental, mental aspect. Um, one last comment that I wanted to read that's all around mental toughness. And this is kind of more around how to handle pain. Um, when it starts to hurt, don't focus on the pain or how you're feeling. Focus on how you want to feel. Say your mantras over and over again until it's all better. Mile 99 of my first uh, 100, I hurt like hell, but I was still running and passed someone much younger than I. My mind was unstoppable, which carried my body through the hard stuff. So again, this is just another thought of how am I going to respond when I know that I am in pain? And do you focus on that pain or do you focus on the feeling 
of crossing the finish line? Do you focus on the parts of your body that aren't hurting? Um, so just something for you to think about, something for me to think about as I'm going after this next big event. So that was the second second thing I learned around mental toughness and how to handle those peaks and valleys. Now, the third one, there were tons of comments about nutrition. So in an event like this, it's all about nutrition. Um, a lot of people were talking about how calories are king. Keep, you know, keep a certain number of calories like per hour. Um, other people were saying, you know, the best advice I got was to stay ahead of your nutrition. Eat and drink when you don't feel like it. Uh, look at your calories you burn every like 10K and practice eating on your training runs. Repeat as necessary and add variety. So those were just a, a couple of things that kept popping up, but there were, you know, so many different people that were talking about their nutrition strategy and um, how you you need to have a plan and you need to follow the plan, but you need to adjust it based off of how you're feeling in uh, the moment, because a lot of times you're not going to feel like eating or drinking and you either need to uh, you, you need to you need to eat and drink and you just need to adjust what you're eating and drinking based off of what your body can tolerate in that situation. So um, that's why training and, and practicing what you're eating and drinking in your training, in your longer runs is so important. Um, and that's just the biggest thing that everybody was saying, which is something that I really try and practice and something that I'm doing right now as I'm trying to build up my longer runs, experiment, and just make sure that my body can tolerate it. Um, next thing was just all around gear. Uh, there was lots of comments, lots of advice around uh, what gear to have. Uh, some people were recommending gaiters, uh, which are just you know little things that you can attach to your shoes that prevent uh, rocks and little pebbles from getting in them. Um, and that's because in longer endurance events, uh, small problems become huge problems over time. And so a little pebble, a little rock in your shoe uh, in one mile can turn into blisters in a few miles, and that can turn into something that can be extremely painful over the course of the race. And so people were talking about that. People were talking about even just studying the course ahead of time and printing off a course map um, just to make sure that you don't go off course when your mind is just all over the place, you're exhausted, and uh, you want to make sure that you're moving forward and you're moving in the right direction. And then tons of advice around bringing extra socks, extra shoes, extra shirts uh, in course it rains, uh, which typically happens at the Hennepin 100, and um, just making sure that you're changing up socks and shoes and clothing uh, to help you feel comfortable. Uh, there was also somebody who would bring uh, toothbrush and brush their teeth during the race to just mentally wake up and refresh. And I thought that that was some really good advice from that standpoint. Now, the last thing, uh, this is number five, is just how to manage the end and even just kind of how to manage some of the pain and the lower moments. So this person uh, said, at mile 70, I have the mental toughness of an overripe banana. Everyone tells us that we'll be that we'll want to quit and we all think we'll be fine. Have a plan of what to do when you want to quit because it will happen, but I hope you don't. So again, it's just preparing yourself for that worst case scenario. How are you going to respond when things get super, 
super hard. And, you know, another person was talking about the pain that they felt at mile 60. And they said, just how bad I would hurt at mile 60. No amount of training prepares you for that deep of a dive into pain. And this was the comment that made me like start to realize, oh my gosh, what the heck am I getting into? Um, but it's also like just one of those feelings where it's like, I kind of want to experience that. I kind of want to throw myself in the arena and see how I respond. A few other comments about like the end and those those most difficult miles. So uh, the late miles of the race might try to trick your brain into thinking it is a good idea to stop. Keep reminding yourself how much you want to finish. Everything will feel so good at the finish line. Amazing running clubs and people take good care of you at the aid stations. And so, again, this person is just saying, like, when your brain is starting to trick you into quitting, remind yourself of the feeling. Remind yourself of how you want to feel crossing the finish line and after crossing the finish line. And then there was one other thing that I wanted to highlight from this person who said what they what what she recommended was to write write yourself a love note or a pep talk to open at mile 88. And I thought that this was awesome and so I had asked her like what what you know tell me a little bit more about that and she actually took a picture of her love note that she wrote to herself and she had friends and family that had also uh, written her letters that she could open at that point. And uh, I just think, you know, I think ahead to my situation and when I'm going to be at mile 88, I know that there's going to be some low moments, but I just love this idea of writing yourself a note. And uh, it's something that I, uh, I will probably do for my event as well. So those were the, the five main things, but there is a bonus one. Uh, that I want to throw in here because this one just like made me like laugh uh, and crack up. And that's don't freak out if you hallucinate. Don't freak out if you hallucinate. And there were all of these different stories that people had of things that they saw during 100 mile races and all of the different hallucinations. And, uh, you know, here's just a few examples. Uh, one person said, I started to see people that weren't there specifically bird watchers. Then I started to see aid stations. When I ran up to the aid stations, in quotation marks, they were actually just bushes. So another person, I got to see someone flying, a dwarf Bigfoot and other stuff. They all happened during the night. One other person, I saw faces appear in the ground. Don't get tricked by the nuclear power plants that glow at night in the distance. They might not exist, but if they do, they are not aid stations coming up. I also saw the Dukes of Hazard car. And so I have never hallucinated, you know, during a race or anything like that. But I am now I'm kind of like, I kind of want that to happen to me. I kind of want that experience. So there's a lot of different things that can happen when you are running 100 miles or, you know, if you're going after any type of big goal. And, um, you know, as I kind of bring it back to you, the first thing that I want you to take away from today's podcast is to think about your goal and think about who can help you reach it, who has already been successful in what you're doing and how can you reach out to them through one-on-one, -on -one, through Instagram, through an email, through networking, or just post in a Facebook group and get advice and get lessons learned just like I did for this because I already feel so much 
more prepared about what is to come because of going through this exercise. And uh, that's really kind of the main part of today. But, you know, when it comes to running 100 miles, things to keep in mind. Number one, start off slow. Uh, number two, be prepared and be mentally tough for those difficult moments. Like we had talked about, you know, there are going to be peaks and valleys up and down. And when you're in that low moment, know that it's temporary. Know that you can get a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth wind and focus on that feeling. Uh, focus on your nutrition, get the right gear and be prepared for those lower moments. And the final one, don't freak out if you hallucinate. So that's what I have. This is how to run 100 miles based off of all of the people who have done it. And so I hope that you found some value in today's episode. If you did, go ahead today and leave a five-star review and, and let me know, you know what you're taking away from this, what you've learned, and uh, how you're applying it into your life, um, because that's ultimately why I do this. So that's what I have for today. Until next time, I'll talk to you all later.